good morning. morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever. This is the Root for Wisconsin show episode. What, what's the episode number? 116. 116. Coming at you from the Meteor True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm your host and <laughs> producer, Eric Fisher, the Biggie. Joining me in person this week, back in the studio, member of the Highway 22 crew, Sean Klosterman. Sean, how are you doing, buddy? Doing good. How are you? Fantastic. Nice to see your face, like, actually, when we're recording in the same room as opposed to uh, on Zoom. So, glad to have you back. Glad to be back. Shauna is peeking in here as well. Shauna, we want to say hi to the people. What's hop, up, people? Hop on a mic quick. Oh. I got I got to do the opening. Uh, he did. I he took it from me. That's what I was laughing at. <laughs> hi, friends. Welcome back, Shauna. Thanks. First of all, school year almost done. By the time this gets released, you'll be on your last day of school. Yes, I will. How is that feeling? It feels great. I am excited to be done. Summer Shauna in T-minus about 18 hours from now. Perfect. Anything else you want to add to the folks? Nope, but I'll be back soon. I, uh, I'm on sabbatical. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Thanks for stopping in, Shauna. You got it. <laughs> Whole gang, back together. Um, also want to sh- have a quick shout-out. saw Rams over the weekend. Rams is doing great. He is planning on hopefully being back soon, so he'll be back in the fold here pretty quick. Uh, also, for Back to the Roots fans... Justin planning on being back in the school in the full of things pretty quick um, now that summer is kind of getting here and passing camp starting for Jill at football. So Jill football plays. If you do listen to this to support your coach coaches, does that help out too? Uh, passing camp. Be sure you're there. Follow the schedule on their Facebook page, Jill Tiger football. Um, and beyond that, I think we can talk about the episode itself, Sean, now that we got all the, the pleasantries out of the way, the hoopla. So first and foremost, got to talk about our friends. Rage and Pro Wrestling, RPW, Envision 2, taking place Saturday afternoon at the, what is it, the Wild River Pub? We always do this. This is twice I've no, done this. No, not Wild River. It's is Wild it? something. Wild Wild West? <laughs> it's not the Wild Wild West. Wild River Pizza Pub. Pizza Pub, yep, that's what it was. Uh, and so Envision 2 taking place Saturday afternoon. Meet and greet from 1.30 to 3.30. Bell at 4 o'clock. All women's event. Plenty of matches going on. Some big name stars, including... Trying to find the card here. One of the matches taking place, Heather Reckless, the defending RPW Women's Champion, taking on uh, Leslie Michelle. Also taking place, we'll have top-tier Jasmine Allure versus Hollywood Haley J. Uh, Haley J just won the OVW Women's Championship. Awesome. So uh, OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling, very well-known throughout the wrestling industry. Uh, where, John, where John Cena started. Among many other WWE talents. Um, so that was a big v- get for them. Also taking place, AEW's Layla Gray taking on Ari Air- Alexander. Um, in one of the co-main event matches as well. So tickets are still available for RPW Rage and Pro Wrestling Envision 2. Also tickets on sale for RPW Heat Wave 2 or Heat Wave 3, I think it'll be at that point. Nope, it'll still be 2. It'll still be 2. Um, so that taking place in August. So R- it is Heat Wave 3. My bad. Heat Wave 3 kind of starts a new cycle. 
taking place August 26th at the Watering Hole in Green Bay. Tickets available for that online at rpwprowrestling.com or at Look Sharp, the American, um, in Watering Hole. You can get tickets all there as well. So plenty on the RPW docket. Already announced for RPW Heatwave, new RPW champion Jake Something, formerly of Impact fame, taking on on Davey Vega for that championship that day as well. Um, So plenty of RPW coming up in the next couple months, so be sure to check them out. Also got our friends over at RaiseEnergyRepSports.com, code ROOT, 4-R-O-O-T, number 4, gets you 15% off of any order from RepSports.com, whether that be the Raise Energy, the Sleep Supplements, the To-Go Energy Packets, that and so much more. Be sure to check them out. RaiseEnergyRepSports.com, code ROOT4. With that, Sean, we can finally get into sports and talk some bit about the world of sports and Wisconsin news around us. And that is starting off with what we had rooted for in the previous week. That is brought to you by Fanatics, over 300-plus powered stores. Fanatics currently... NHL championship, Stanley Cup championship taking place. Game one is tomorrow, I believe, January or J- January, June 2nd. <laughs> NBA Finals starts tonight, June 1st. As we, we're recording about 10 minutes tip off, so we'll be kind of probably having our ADHD brains taking over with that if the game's close. But show your love for your team, whether they're in the championship or not, with hashtag playoff fanatics. And show your love, whether you're rooting for the Heat, maybe you're going for the Wisconsin connection with uh, former Marquette Golden Eagle Jimmy Butler, or he who shall not be named from Whitnall. Tyler Hero. I said he who shall not be named. Tyler Hero. Or maybe he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be the MVP Finals MVP. God, I hope not. I I can't imagine saying that sentence. <laughs> I really can't. If I have to say NBA champion. You're probably going to have to say NBA champion, Tyler oh, Hero. God, I hope not. I, I just hope not. I'm not even going to speak that into existence right now. So go Nuggets. Um, other, or maybe you're a Nuggets fan. Maybe you're watching them take over. Maybe you're mad that the Heat beat the Bucks and that the Heat almost lost in the first 3-0 comeback in the NBA Finals history or Conference Finals history. But we have the Heat and the Nuggets going on right now. And then in the NHL... The Stanley Cup playoffs, like I said, they're in their championship as well. I know it's the Vegas Golden Knights, and i got to look at who the other team they, they'll be facing. Calgary? Um, The Florida Panthers. Oh, Florida. So Miami area represented very well right now in nice. the sports world. So Florida Panthers and Vegas Golden Knights. Plenty of Wisconsin hockey ties with those, whether they've played for the Gamblers or... One of the other teams in the USHL, or if they've been a Wisconsin Badger or some connection, I'm sure there's plenty of connections there. So be sure to check out the NHL Stanley Cup Finals as well. With that in mind, like I said, Sean, let's talk about what we had rooted for, and I'll let you start this one off. Oh, sure. Throw me under the bus right away. I have no idea. Well, I'll go first then. Um, Because I'm prepared for this one. I've, I've thought about this one long and hard over the last week and a couple days since we last recorded. And one of the coolest things I saw in sports happen over the course of the last couple of days, and that being Liam Hendricks returning to oh, uh, the Chicago White yep. Sox after missing the beginning of the season, battling cancer. I believe he was battling, battling a form of lymphoma. Yeah, Hodgkin, uh, Hodgkins? I don't remember I which think, one. I think that's what it was. Um, 
apparently he said that he has had it in his body probably for the last two seasons, mm-hmm. um, which have been some rockier seasons for him as well, which, you know, you don't say it explains that, but, you know, when you're battling that without even knowing and then finding out come early 2023, he did go ahead and miss the start of the season, made his return late last week, um, coming out of the bullpen to uh, We Will Rock You, yep. the lights going crazy in, in Chicago, awesome scene. Huge ovation, the players, you know, baseball, I think, does very a great job of kind of recognizing the moments. Mm-hmm. And there's so many little ones. Like, you even see, um, on a way lesser extent, uh, Roddy Celez making his return to Toronto for the first time since being traded in 2021. And seeing his return and how excited the fans got to welcome him back. And plenty of other moments, um that baseball fans do a very good job recognizing. So that was my route for over the last week. Actually, now that you mentioned that, that was going to be mine also. Because I had put this in my head, but I just totally forgot about it. <laughs> because, yeah, that video of him coming out of the, bullpen. Out of the bullpen, his wife in the stands. Oh, man. And then to come throw 90, 96 right down the gun and save the ball. It was, it was just awesome. Chills. Right. It's giving me chills right now. That might be the air conditioner of the fans. <laughs> no, but... no, it isn't. <laughs> but, yeah, that was that was such a cool thing to see. All right, Sean. But with the positives do come the negatives, and I hate to do this right away after such a, a positive, uplifting moment. But we got to talk about the Tyler Hero Nuggie of the Week. And, Sean, I'm gonna let you, I was going to let you go first anyway because I have one that I think is going to kind of lead into our next segment as well. Oh, are you going to go the NASCAR? No, I was the not. The NASCAR one? With, who is it? Denny Hamlin got spun out by right, Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. And yeah, that So where where is your noogie in this situation? Is it NASCAR for suspending Elliott for a week? Is it Elliott for wrecking Hamlin or Hamlin Elliot being for, a bitch Elliot, about it? Elliott for wrecking him. Cuz he did it on purpose. He did. Cuz you they they had all the graphs pulled up and everything like that and you could tell he just did it on purpose. It's like what what's the point of just wrecking somebody just to wreck somebody? See, that's been a, a feud going on for a long right. time, though. So I don't. Which Denny Hamlin's not the most likable guy. Well, he 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 is and he isn't. He's to a he, lot of people. He is a very polarizing figure, and it depending it really depends on the day with him. Right. Where I mean, he's hilarious. He he's off he's the track. Kyle Busch before Kyle Busch turned into a fan favorite. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I mean, Denny Hamlin rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Um, I mean, credit to him. I mean, he's one of the people actually kind of taking advantage of the current spotlight he has and actually marketing NASCAR better than I think NASCAR markets itself. Right. Um, Especially his getting, social me- getting his Jordan brand and everything that right. way. Right. His social media presence is incredible. I think he's incredible on social media for what it's worth. Um, I actually didn't have a huge problem with what Chase Elliott did in the moment because Hamlin has a very notorious reputation for running people up and up high into the wall. And he bounced Hamlin off, or he bounced Elliot off the wall. I do agree that you can't wreck somebody, especially going you know 180 miles an hour like they do. Right. Um, but, but at least you're you're just running you're just running them up into the wall. I mean, and you're not running them into the wall, but you're just running them up. Yeah. I mean, and, like I said, he Elliot did take a bump off the wall, but at the same time, I mean, I remember last year where we were talking about. Bubba Wallace spinning. There's not in the current day and age, especially with these new cars, where they still haven't really figured them out yet. I really don't think there's a place to start wrecking cars. 
Right. As you know, as much as frequently as some guys are, um, you know, you can't have a problem even if you're a Chase Elliott fan with this, or if you can't, if you're not gonna have a problem with this, you can't have a problem with somebody else doing it either. So I, I would agree with you on that. Um, I didn't love it, and I think. You know, it's not like Chase Elliott has a history of this either. No. So I'm I'm a little surprised that he got the one race suspension. But I I get it from NASCAR's mm-hmm. point of view, especially because you established that precedent last year with the whole Bubba Wallace situation. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who ended up winning? Winning the race? Uh, Ryan Blaney. Did you see the interview on Junior's podcast? I did not see it. <laughs> so they talked about going out and partying after after the race okay and the i don't know it's junior and who i don't know who the other guy is on the i know what you're talking about on his podcast but he was talking about oh yeah i probably went went out to the bars and and got hammered hammered drunk he's like no i think i had six beers and i was wasted because i didn't have anything in my body and i wasn't hydrated or anything right he's like i had had some some buddies over and we were up till Two or three in the morning, and that was it. Then <laughs> I went to bed. Yeah, it's Mike Davis. Mike Davis, yeah. Um, but yeah, that podcast, if you're a racing fan at all, is a must-watch. I know. I might start just listening to the to the whole podcast, because I only see bits and pieces every once in a while. Speaking of which, just while we're talking about this, just because I haven't talked to you since I, I sent you this, did you see the bit about Clint Boyer being confused? No, Carl Edwards being confused about why fans are cheering for Kyle yeah. Busch. Because you mentioned him being a fan favorite, and then Junior saying, well, he's a Chevy guy now. All is forgiven. Right. Which could not be more true for most NASCAR fans. Yeah. And what what was the other thing with, with Clint Boyer, too? Was it the Wilkesboro race? Where yes. they Where they cut, they cut him off. He was going to explain something, and they cut him off in the middle of the... He was he was trying to get them to listen to some audio of a car coming out of a turn. Right. And they, Fox cut away from it. You could tell he throws his pen. Right. You could hear the pen throw in the back because they cut away from it right as he was right as it was getting to the point where they you know thought they were getting to. Yeah. Um, so Sean, my nuggie is also going to lead into our Wisconsin web story of the week. Oh. Um, and you know we've talked some academic type stuff on this in the past. Okay. Um. And so shout out to, I, I don't know his name, uh, but a Wisco- one of the, the Wisconsin representative in the National Spelling Bee okay. finished 21st. Oh, that's not too bad. That's not bad at all. Uh, his first name is Aiden. So I don't, I don't have what his last name is here because I screenshot this because I was very mad about this. So first of all, the Spelling Bee, which I've never been one to sit and watch, but here's my nuggie is well tied into this so first of all congratulations to aiden finishing 21st um that's an incredible achievement in and of itself to get to the national spelling bee i could never do it and i I was going to kind of play a game with you to see if you could spell the words like he had to spell sean but i don't even know if i could pronounce most of them (laughs) so anyway or you could give them to me in a sentence i definitely could give you most (laughs) of these in a sentence um but here's the problem with this and why it's my noogie so I don't know if this comes from a couple years back where they had like three or four or some odd number of winners because they just the kids were so smart and they couldn't eliminate mm-hmm. people. But now, every other round, instead of spelling a word, you have to give a definition for a word. Oh, geez. Isn't that stupid? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the 50 best kids spelling in the country. That's what they're there for, but you're going to make them give definitions. Wait, and Wait, do we just read the dictionary now? 
Well, right. And the Aiden, the kid from Wisconsin, Aiden, was eliminated because he didn't get the correct definition. He, I guess it was like over kind of like a word difference in the definition or something stupid. Oh, so you got to get the exact definition? Like I don't it think says. it has to be verbatim, but I think, I don't, I, don't, I really didn't understand because okay. I didn't really even know what the word was. But I just, what a crock of shit. Right. You're going to tell me to eliminate these kids faster. So this goes, you know, bang, bang, bang. You're going to make them start giving definitions to Meridian, which I don't even know if I could get that one right now. Um, correct definition for forswear. And so he had to give, he got eliminated round seven. So round one, he's correctly spelled Bahurvi. B H B A H B A H U V R I H I. In round two, he gave the correct definition of Meridian. In round three, he cor- correctly spelled the word Burpee. Like, I, like what? Like at the gym? Yeah, B U R P E E. Figured we could both get that one. Right. Um, I, I'm still trying to figure out how how to spell the first word you gave me, and that was round one. Yeah, that was round one. I spelt it for you. I couldn't pronounce it, let alone define it. Uh, round four or round three, glomuronephritis. G L O M E R. Glomuronephritis. G L O M E R U L O N E P H R I T I S. We need we need to put you as the person to pronounce these words. No, because I probably do it phonetically and give it away. Um, in round five, he correctly gave the, or he gave the correct definition of forswear. And then in round... Is, it, is that mean to swear? I don't think so. No? Damn. Um, I'm guessing it's like, you have to, like, it's kind of like a promise, uh, is my guess, because it's like, you know, before. Um, <laughs> and then correctly spelled syntetium, C-T-E-N-D, or C-T-E-N-I-D-I-U-M. I don't know what the fuck that means either. And then, yeah, I, I did not have, I don't have uh, what he had gotten eliminated on, but it was a definition. Uh, for swear, by the way, agree to give up or do without something. Nice. Sure. So, my you, nuggie. You, you could tell me it mean anything. I know I could. <laughs> um, Centidium, by the way, and I'm still not pronouncing that right. A, com- a comb-like structure, especially a respiratory organ or gill in a mollusk so it's a snail's lungs basically sure i think that's what a mollusk is mm-hmm. i swear i graduated like <laughs> these are hard words but so that's my noogie and also our, our... Can, well well i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna have another one here because you saying this reminded me of one was the jeopardy for yeah the saint norbert's guy yeah right saint norbert's yes that he spelled something wrong and it, they eliminated him because that's right in the final wrong. jeopardy and we talked about that that's why i said we did we did, did some academic did, work on the show did we talk about it last week uh oh yeah we two talked weeks ago it was it two weeks ago yes yes because you ruined it for everybody i gave plenty of warning <laughs> before i said anything i want to be very clear on that so well, anyway it, and this, I got another sidebar. Sorry, we're, since we're watching the game, did you know that the Nuggets mascot is a high-speed mascot? I did not. Six hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a year. 
what mascot do they have? Is it like a pioneer. The, the lion, guy? the lion dude. They have a lion. For yeah. The Nuggets? Oh no, he's gone. He was he was there before. He was there at tip off. Why do they have a lion for the? They Nuggets? have a lion with like lightning bolts. Oh. Well, good for him, I guess, or her, or whoever's in. Six hundred and twenty-five grand a year. It's not a bad gig if you can get it, right? I think Bango's up there pretty high too. Yeah, I think he is too. Huh. But so now that was my sidebar for since I, <laughs> I've seen him and it popped in my head. I appreciate that. We can talk mascots now that Sean was not here. Right. Uh, that's still oh up. Jimmy. Jimmy Butler is has been nothing short of incredible. Um, you know, kind of taking a, a just a moment here, to talk a little bit sports before we get kind of into our our kind of fun segments, if you will. Jimmy Butler, and first of all, I real I really expected the Celtics to win on Sunday I or did Monday. Too. I really did too. Coming back from three. Oh, there is the lion. He's in the corner. Oh, is he? Yeah, up there. Oh, yeah, there he is. But um, see, he's got a lightning bolt on his tail. Huh. That makes zero sense to the Denver Nuggets of what I would expect them to be, but good for him. Um, can't remember what his name is though. Like I said, I fully expected Miami to lose, losing that three zero series lead and then just boston sports man that that whole the narrative i mean at first it was kind of fun where it was 3-1 you know it's 3-0 they win game four and it's like okay but you know you think of the 0-4 red Sox, you think of the 28-3 patriots 3-2 it kind of starts getting a little interesting you're like oh okay you know maybe there's something to this but miami's gonna close this out game six right in miami and then you go to game six and Boston wins in Miami. It's like, mm-hmm. oh shit. This is this is could be very, very real for this storyline. Um, obviously as we are talking about it, Miami is in the finals. So the Miami Heat did rally and end up winning game seven by what, like twenty or something like that. It was a very yeah. it was a blowout game, which I did not expect, but was a very fun watch until Probably like the third quarter when it was just got out of hand, but also the mascot's name's Rocky. Rock, and he's a mountain lion. Okay, it, that kind of it, com- it, it, it comes around now. That makes some sense. I will, I will concede that. Um, so that's our weird Wisconsin web story of the week. I really didn't have anything else beyond that. It was a pretty. Pretty nice week. Aside from that, um, in terms oh, can of... I can I do another Nogi construction? Yeah, sure. Because construction is horrible right now. It is construction season in Wisconsin. I mean, I know it started already before, but we are past Memorial Day weekend now. I was expecting to come here since I haven't been down here for a while. That your road was going to be open, but it's still not open. So yeah, that was that was a you mistake. I'm not quite sure why you would have thought that. I, it's been since freaking winter. That's true. Um. While we're talking about Sean, I know last week you had rooted for a Memorial Day weekend, and mm. just what, real quick, let's catch our listeners up on what we did because that it was a very nice three-day weekend. It was. I don't know um, about you, but go ahead. Why don't you lead to go, us off? Me to go first. Uh, Saturday, what did I do? Oh, we had the color run Saturday. Did that with Mark and Hannah. So I got, I got to ask a couple questions about this. You're gonna do it next year, and we're gonna be the root for Wisconsin team. So. That is just, a, just start preparing right now. That is a bold statement. I have never run for fun in my life. We don't need to run. We can walk. It's a run, walk, crawl. How long is it? It was just over two miles. Okay, so it's not even like a true 5K. No. Does it go for a good cause? 
I don't know. <laughs> to be completely honest with you. I want to say whoever figured out like charity 5Ks and half marathons, marathons is a freaking genius. That business model is undefeated because there is virtually no overhead. All you got to do is tell like police and stuff, hey, we're running this route. Right. They'll close the roads down for you. Mm-hmm. The businesses basically buy all the shirts just to have their name on it. Right. So you don't have to like, you're not really spending money there. And then people are paying you to run. Mm-hmm. So really all you're in it is the couple tents, the finish line, start line. And some food and, and drink and like a DJ or something. And no, they had WIXX come up. Even better. So the guy from WIXX comes up with the with his van and. Because that's probably business donated for that money too. Right. So your overhead is virtually zero. Yeah. I mean, it's they, it is they, quite the business. I think scheme. I think they have the art department at one of the schools make the make the backdrop for the sign that you take pictures with afterwards. But. I want yeah. to start doing that as a business. Right. That is a genius idea. I want to go on record saying that. Like, you know, you talk about, like, turnkey businesses and stuff. You know, you talk about, like, laundromats and car washes. Just stuff that basically run itself. You have, you know, not a whole lot. You just, you know, people come to you. Mm-hmm. That's one of those things. You can do, a, a, like, a charity run or whatever. Not even a charity. But you can just do a, a run for some sort of cause. And people are going to come. Right. Because it, for some sick reason, people like running. Yeah. It, for fun. And if you get a bigger team, the price goes down. So so if, even if more people got more people coming in, forking over their hard-earned money. You get a t-shirt. Great. I'm sure it's a great sense of camaraderie. You get a t-shirt. We got a bandana. Now, do they do that by team or is it just they assign random ones? Uh, I think if you, like, walked in there and you were, like, a single person, you could pick whatever color you wanted. Oh, gotcha. But our team was already in a bag. Gotcha. So, with all of our t-shirts. But, anyways, after the color run. Okay. Uh, we had a cookout. Very nice. Did brats and brats and pasta salad, and Mark and Hannah came over, and Nick and Courtney came over. Then we went, we went mini-golfing in O'Connell at the Ruins. Who won? We didn't keep track. We just drank. Who do you think won? If you had, if you had to kind of, if I had to guess, I have no clue. I wasn't paying that close attention. You were just having fun. I was having fun. Good. That's that's the core of the game. Right. And then we went to Dairy Barn on the way home because everybody wanted ice cream. Very solid choice. Mm-hmm. Cannot complain about that. Nope. Um. <laughs> then we went to the fireworks. Fireworks were kind of freaky, but I was gonna ask. So I've heard, I've heard very mixed reviews on this. So I heard. You told me. I mean, I'm not going to... Yeah. Some you, people yeah, said they were right, very Because you came over Monday. That's right. Some people had very high things to say. And, and I'm assuming they were great aside from... They they were. We we were probably too close. Sure. Where we were. Gotcha. Kind of thing. It would have been a lot better because they were right at the, the old football field there in the middle oh, of town. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we would have sat at the baseball diamond, oh. I think that would have been better. Sure. Because you said you were getting hot from the fire. Right. Right. It was it was kind of crazy. Does and it make sense why that seating was open? No, because everybody else was, was pulled up there. Oh. Because okay. they had the bleachers out, everything that way. Huh. Okay. So. So that's Saturday night. Then Sunday we went to Carolyn's parents. 
and her grandma. Very nice. Had supper with her grandma and her cousin Kyle and Alyssa, who get married later this year. Very nice. Shout out to them. Yeah. And uh, Monday, we did the parade. How did the parade? So first... Parade was hot. Parade was very hot. So I don't know if this is noogie territory, because I personally thought it was hilarious. But I'm sure if Carolyn, your fiance, was here, she would give you a noogie for the how the parade stuff went down. Why? Because I didn't tell her that she had to wear a costume? Well, okay. So I got to <laughs> ask, what was the actual theme? Was it just Disney? It was Disney Pixar movies. Okay. So I'm going to set the stage here. And this is kind of a – I'm not going to give you the noogie because, again, <laughs> I think this was hilarious. I'm sure Kayla, Carolyn, when she listens to this, will be thinking you should get the noogie. Um so I'm going to give you the kind of the rundown as an outsider and someone who gets to witness this. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> it is really funny. Um, so as Sean mentions, the theme for the parade, because every year the O'Connell Falls Memorial Day Parade has a theme. Yep, Barb puts it on And from the antique. And this year that theme, as Sean had just mentioned, was Disney movies, Pixar movies, etc. <laughs> So, McDermott Trucking decides to do Frozen. I don't know who who'd pick that out for you guys. They did. The my my mom, my aunt, and my other aunt. Okay. So they pick out the theme, and about probably four or five o'clock on Sunday, Shauna gets a text asking to come braid her hair. Shauna's a very good hair braider. Because Carolyn, I, I wasn't gonna do it. Well, right, and I wasn't gonna. Do, I don't. I don't know anything about braiding hair. Right. So, Shauna gets that text, and obviously we're going to do it. Um, so, Carolyn has to wear an Anna costume from the movie Frozen. Princess dress and all that. Sean does not have a full costume. Sean has an Olaf t-shirt. I was supposed to have a full costume, but I would have died in the full costume. That's true, because I want to say... So, we did go to the parade, and... Um, as a viewer of the parade, it was a little weird with the spacing. I, I haven't really figured that out yet. But it was it was fun to watch. And obviously, you know, again, supporting you guys and, uh, you know, plenty of people getting candy. Um, we ran out of candy. You had a bad throw with the sucker you threw me across the road. What it you, was broken. What, so I'll give you that. I was, I was grabbing... Some and some had some had suckers in the in the wrapper and some didn't. Yeah. Some, sometimes the wrappers just went. So you tried to throw me a Jolly Rancher sucker. Did not make it even close. Well, how do you? What do you expect? I, I'm just saying. Should have threw you a dum dum. You should have. I would have. For I had plenty of dum dums. I still have dum dums left in my parade. That was Monday, and we're recording here on Thursday. But, um. All in all, great how you know great parade. Did not win the the big prize this year. Is that correct? Yes. I believe it was Fa- Falls Family Restaurant. Who was Hocus Pocus? They were. Um, I do they, give them credit. They, they, were they very, went they, all out. Yeah. They were in long sleeve dresses, everything. It was... I wouldn't want to do... Yeah. No Because I was going to say, with your Olaf t-shirt... First of all, like I said, I, I give you props. Because that's exactly what I would have done. Right. So that's why you don't get a nugget from me. If it would have been a little cooler, I might have thought about wearing the Olaf costume. I, I will say there's no reason for you to think that. because I, th- I think it was an Olaf onesie, to be completely honest with you. Either way, having dressed up as a mascot before for a parade, and this was the Jill at Christmas parade, so it's not even like the full Jill at parade. It's just Main Street. 
I did this in December wearing t-shirt and shorts when my mom used to work at the bank and chill mm-hmm. That is the hottest I've ever been in my entire life. And it was December. Right. So, first of all, credit to these mascots, especially, um, you know, like the ones for like the outside baseball games right now. Because that is bullshit. Bucky. Yeah, or, Bucky during or, football games. Because he does all the push-ups? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to, to all the mascots out there. It is a very lost art. Right. Um, like I said, that is the warmest I've ever been in. That was December, wearing t-shirt and shorts underneath this costume. Um, so I will always be on the side of don't wear the freaking costume. So I don't I don't give you any sort of nuggy on that. I am I am Team Sean on this one. <laughs> right. Um But yeah, so that sounds like a very fun weekend. Mm-hmm. Very fun weekend. Mine started off a little early. Uh Friday night, I pulled the trigger, got some last minute brewers tickets. So it took an hour off of work at the end of the day. Ditched out of work well vacation off of work but sure. i got approval i got approval um but did shut up work an hour early went down to milwaukee watched the brewers get their ass kicked 14 to 1 or whatever it was 15 to 1 something to that effect uh i will say i think the loss was a result of the team being very uh concerned over the teammate willie adamas who took a line drive fall ball off the face so is he doing I, good now? He is. He went. He did have to go to the hospital, just kind of precautionary on Friday night. <clears throat> he was released before the game started Saturday, so he was at home. He's on the seven-day IL for concussion list. <clears throat> but all accounts, he's doing very well. He is home, resting and and recovering. So, a uh, very scary scene though. Uh, Brian Anderson, the batter, the baseball player, was like visually in tears. Um, after hitting the foul ball, because there was no chance of anybody ducking out of the way or anything like that. It was just a screamer into the dugout. Nothing you can really do. Um, but very scary. The game stopped for a little while. So how long before they put the net? They're gonna put the nets on the dugouts now. I have no idea. But that's what exactly what we said at the game. Right. I mean, you got you got the nets all everywhere else now, and huh, Russell Wilson. Um, I don't think it'll ever happen. It should, though. It, it really should. But, you know, you think about... I mean, granted, it's a lot different velocity coming off a bat. You know, it's a lot slower. But I know there's multiple places I played in high school that didn't even have a fence at the dugout. Right. Like, I know Shyockton didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just all open. And at least, like, in the MLB one, you're, most of them are in the ground. So like Yeah, but every, of, everybody's up at, up at the at the top anyways. A lot of guys are, yeah. So, so but... Yeah, I don't know. I think that'll be next. It probably will be, but just, just for safety wise, I mean it. It happens at least once a year. Something to that effect. Some, I, some, I, I couldn't tell you the exact effect. numbers, but it feels like it happens, but once a year. So yeah, very scary scene. But all in all, I guess kind of all's well that ends well. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk more about the Brewers here in a little bit. But so that was my Friday. Saturday, uh, we were babysitting Shauna's, one of Shauna's sister's uh, children, her niece, P. Went to the zoo with her. Um, she fed a giraffe at seven months old. Uh, I will say, probably a little too young to probably really appreciate the zoo. She, I mean, she wasn't really, you know, she knew she was having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but really not kind of quite grasping at all and whatnot. Um, I will give her... The funniest part of it was, uh, so they have a golden doodle, very fluffy golden doodle on top of it. And when Penelope saw 
the alpacas. She was very curious about them because there was a white one, and she was like confused. She's like, "That's that's not their mm-hmm. dog, you know. That's mm-hmm. not Milo. That's reaching out." And she just kind of confused. So um, that was nice. We went there. We uh, took her to meet my parents, and kind of get out of the hot, you know, stay in the coolness. Um, parents made dinner. My aunt and uncle came over. It was a nice Saturday. Uh, Sunday. We had a cookout here in Green Bay with some of our friends. Shout out to Mel, Ramsey, Megan, Josh, Mondo, and Kayla. Went to celebrate the pier for the glam band. Uh, for those of you who don't know by now, we do have a new mascot for the show. His name is Freddy the Flamingo. Um, he is here in studio with us. I, he can't talk because it's a plastic flamingo. But he did play with the glam band. There's a sticker that proves this, Sean. You can see it. It says, I play with the glam band. Or I played cowbell with the so, glam band. So Shauna's drunk thing is stealing? She did not steal. I want to be very clear on that. <laughs> um, it did make its way home with us, though. <laughs> um, he wanted to just come home with you. He did want to come home with us. So Freddy the Flamingo is in studio. It's the new mascot of the Rupert Wisconsin show. Um, Shauna played cowbell with you know like properly. I played cowbell with Freddy. There's some other person hitting it. And then Freddie's beak took to the cowbell too. So Freddie played cowbell with the flamingo with the glam band. Uh, glam band, awesome by the way. Uh, if you they go all around Northeast Wisconsin, if you get a chance to see them, by all means, you know it's not always they don't always have an admission. It's usually at a lot of bars and stuff. But mm-hmm. if they do, um, worth the price of admission easily. They obviously, if you can't tell, they're they play '80s covers. Um, they go full, full costume on, like dressing up like the '80s rock stars, and it's awesome. Um, they got like laser lights and everything too. It's it's just a fun concert. They play obviously all the hits, but they also play a couple ones that don't hear. You don't hear a lot of cover bands playing. Like um, the one most notably I can think of is they played "Hysteria" by Def Leppard. I mean, they played you know "Pour Some Sugar on Me" and a couple other ones, but "Hysteria" is not like a big one. Um, they also played Sister Christian, which was awesome <laughs> live. So that was, again, just be sure to check them out. They're all over Northeast Wisconsin. Find a night where they're playing. I believe they're going to be in Sun- Shano for Sundrop Days. Probably what? the next closest one, which I think is not this coming weekend, but next weekend. Yeah, it's the week of, weekend of our wedding. Also, two weekends. Yeah. Dang it. But I think I think it's the weekend of our wedding. I thought it was the tenth and eleventh weekend. Maybe I thought it was the sixteenth and seventeenth, but maybe I'm wrong. Either way, um, plenty of other chances to see them around the area. So, glam band, be sure to check them out. So that was Sunday night, <coughs> and then Monday, as you heard, we were at the parade. We were watching the parade, um, sweating our butts off in the chairs. So I could not imagine walking that whole thing. It's this weekend. Oh, even worse. Or better, I guess. So <laughs> if you're in northeastern Wisconsin and yep. you want to check out the glam band and you like 80s hair music and, and having a good time outside at concerts or in bars at concerts, by all means, the glam band in Shano this weekend at Sundrop Days. Yep. So anyway, that is kind of just a quick recap here on our Memorial Day weekends. And with that, Sean, like I said, we can kind of take a look at our world of sports. We'll start down south with the Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee Brewers are 
somehow still winning the NL Central. And I know we say this the last couple weeks here, but they are still winning the NL Central, um, which is nothing short of amazing. Uh, given that they've gone four and six, they've lost, I believe, five straight road series or four of the last five road series. It's been bad. It's, it's been very bad. It's been tough. They did lose another one today to the Toronto Blue Jays, but they do still have a half-game lead over the Pittsburgh Pirates in the NL Central. Over um, Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh still, still hanging on at 28 and 27. They are, I believe they're in action tonight. They are not. They're off today. So that half game still stands going into the weekend. But Brewers do come back stateside after a series with Toronto to face the struggling Cincinnati Reds at 26 and 29, who are actually in third place in the NL Central. <laughs> um, St. Louis has cooled off quite a bit. Chicago's really cooled off after a bit of a hot start for them. So your current NL Central standings go Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, St. Louis, and Chicago Cubs. Uh, the Brewers just need to get healthy, honestly. That's that's just been the big takeaway uh, early here. Again, they do lose Willie Adamas for seven days going back to Friday. Freddie Peralta's just struggling. Freddie Peralta's been rough his last couple outings. Um, it seems like they only have one or two healthy pitchers right now, starting pitchers. So the fact that they kind of continue to get through these games is nothing short of amazing. And one's Adrian Hauser. Yeah. <laughs> um, Adrian Hauser had one of his signature bad Adrian Hauser games the other night on Monday night or Tuesday night against Toronto in the first game of that series. Adrian Hauser, I, I say it every time we talk about him, just he's either throwing a no-hitter or he's getting roughed up, it feels right. like. And... Monday night was that roughed up night. Uh, I want to just get his final line here from that game. So first, they do lose on Monday night with Adrian Hauser. Gets his first loss on the season. Uh, that is a loss of 7-2. to two. Well, That's not even bad. Uh, Hauser in that game, he did go... What was his, his final box wrap here? Hauser went 4-3rd, 11 hits, 7 runs. 6 of those were earned. 3 walks, 3 strikeouts. Um, a very painful six earned, seven runs, and 11 hits. Um, I think the biggest moment that encapsulated, I think it was the second or third inning, where to try, I think it was either get the first out of the inning or to get the last out of the inning. He's running over to cover first, gets a throw from, I think Brasso was playing first that night. And totally missed the bag. Wasn't even close. He was probably <laughs> a good foot and a half, two feet away from actually where the bag was at first. Mm. And he thought he stepped on. He had plenty of time to, to get there. And just wasn't even close. Missed it by a, a foot and a half, two feet. And runner was safe. And then proceeded to go up like three more runs. In it. So who who pitched Friday night when you were there? Uh, that was Freddie Peralta, actually. Oh. Yeah, um, I'm like yeah. I said, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on that one, being concerned about Willie Adamas. Uh, somehow, Sean, the Brewers' most consistent starting pitcher right now is Colin Ray, who <laughs> prior to I believe his last start, which I think was uh, last week against Houston on Wednesday. So I'm not sure if, when did we record last week. Oh, what we did Wednesday night. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so that was the Tuesday. So I think we talked about this. Colin Ray won his first start yep. last week, 
in six years or seven years since 2016 summer of 2016 was his last start um he did win again on tuesday or on uh wednesday night so last night they did win uh call no they did not uh they won on sunday with him on the mound mm. where he got his second career win or second win with the brewers and his second win since 2016 um so shout out to colin ray the Brewers also this week did a borderline historic feat, Sean, last night in their win against Toronto 4-2. to They won a game without striking out or walking a batter, Brewers pitching, won without striking out or walking a batter, was the first time since 1992 against the Kansas City Royals that they did that. Well. Um, I believe it was the fifth or sixth time in franchise history that it's been done. But first time in both of our lifetimes, the first time since the Brewers have been in the National League, which was in 98. Right. Which is, again, so you, 21 years, or 31 years, excuse yeah, me. I was going to say. 31 years since they accomplished this feat. And it was done by a combination of Julio Tehran, who has been incredible with the Brewers. Again, against all odds, he got right. his first one with the Brewers uh, last night. Uh, so the Brewers had... Julio Tehran, who went six, gave up four hits and a run. Obviously, no strikes, strikeouts, no walks. Um, Joe, I think it's Joel Piampas. One inning, two hits, one run, one earned. Peter Strzelecki, who gets his MLB leading 14th hold of the year. And then Devin Williams gets his ninth save of the year, giving up one hit. Obviously, no strikeouts, no walks. So, big win for the Brewers. Uh, last night, nine, or in a 4-2 win. Um, just, again, nothing short of incredible with them. So, again, somehow still leading the Central. Makes, and makes no sense. I think it just speaks to how close the Central really is. That there's um, no good team. You know, I wouldn't go as far to say that there's no good team. Because I do think the Cardinals are better than their record. And I do think the Brewers are better. Th I, I really do think the Brewers are better than their record. They just need to get healthy. I mean, they have been a walking injury list all season. You look at the literally the second or the first game of the season, Luis Urias goes down with injury. He's expected to be back sometime this week or so. So he'll be coming back in the next couple of days. He's on a rehab stint right now. Uh, Willie Adamas has been out a couple times here now. Uh, you lose Garrett Mitchell yep. for the whole season. You lose Aaron Ashby potentially for the whole season. That's kind of like you know your either fifth starter bullpen arm because Adrian Hauser wasn't supposed to be a starter this year, but he is. Right, because he was supposed to take uh, Suter's role, right? Pretty much. Hauser was yes. Yeah, but he's back to being a starter because the Brewers only have two starters that they started the year with. And that being Corbin Burns, who has been not Corbin God Burns. God awful. God awful. He's been 2019 Burns, not 2020 through 2023 Burns, or 2022 Burns. Right. Um, they've got Eric Lauer, who just went down with injury. Woodruff's injured. Woodruff's been hurt since the second, their third series of the year, so he's made two starts this year. Um, he's expected to maybe be back for the All-Star break. Oh, really? Yeah. He's, he's going to miss some time. He got put on the 60-day IL not too long ago uh, to free up a 40-man roster spot. So you've got those two. You, like I said, you literally have Colin Ray, who up until last week hadn't won a game since 2016. 
You've got Julio Tehran, who hadn't won a game since 2019. It hadn't really appeared in a game, in a major league game since 2019. So you've got guys who are above expectation in those two roles. You lose Wade Miley. You lose Eric Lauer, who's like your fifth starter anyway. Mm-hmm. You're relying on Adrian Hauser and Freddie Peralta struggled as of late. And still trying to figure out what the heck's going on with Corbin Burns. So, if you can get healthy and kind of make a push and just kind of hover around relevancy, wow. If you can hover around relevancy for until you, probably the All-Star break when you start getting some of these guys back, I think that's mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. And if you could tell me after last week where they lose games 12 to 1 or 12 to 1 or 10 to 12 to 2 against the Astros they lose 14 to 1 um and almost all of their losses i mean they don't really have a lot of close losses they have a lot nope. of close wins <laughs> yeah they have some blowout wins but they do have a lot of lopsided losses um their run differential is still negative but if you would have told me that given all those factors that they would still be in first as of june 1st I'd take that. Right. So uh, we'll kind of pay attention to that as we go along here. Uh, staying in the city of Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Admirals, who we've been following kind of closely since the playoff run that they've mm-hmm. been on, mm-hmm. uh, they are back in action, I believe, tomorrow night. Let me make sure I get that right. So they are should be back in action tomorrow night against the Coachella Valley Whatever they, the Firebirds or whatever. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Um, no, they are in action tonight as we speak. So they are in action for game four in Milwaukee for the Coachella Valley Firebirds, which is Seattle Kraken affiliate. Uh, Milwaukee is down two to one. Mm-hmm. So Four game series, I take it? Seven game series. Se- yeah, so seven. Be- you have to win Best four. Best of four. Um, so got to win tonight. Got to keep home ice. As of the last update I see here, which was 28 minutes ago, it is a 1-1 game. That is on their Facebook page anyway. I know they usually update Twitter more. So let me take a live update as we go here. Uh, it is 2-2. Two two. Milwaukee had the lead as of a couple minutes ago. They had scored a power play goal two minutes ago and very quickly evened up 2-2. Uh, two to two. So 2-2 two to two game. We'll kind of follow along with that as we record the episode through tonight. But... 2-2 two two in the conference final round of the Calder Cup in the AHL. So, Milwaukee Admirals still holding serve there. Uh, the Milwaukee Milkmen, Sean, are kind of on a little bit of a hot streak or have been. So, they taking place in the kind of the independent league. Uh, they are currently actually leading 10-5. to five. Over, not quite sure as to who they're playing tonight, but um, the Railcats. The Gary South Shore Railcats is the opponent for tonight. Milwaukee is up 10-5 to five in Milwaukee. Or 10-1, to one, excuse me. I read that in top of the fifth. So 10-1 to one in the fifth over the Railcats. So uh, be sure to check out them if you're down in that area. The, Mo- the Lake Country Dockhounds. The same lead are also looks like they're winning in the fifth inning as well, five to four. One of the other local teams, um, the Wisconsin Timberlers actually got a couple wins last week. So hey. 
shout out to them. We're going to kind of go just keeping with the baseball theme as we come north. Um, they have gotten a couple wins as of the last week or so. They are currently still struggling on the year. Uh, but back at home at Fox City Stadium. And they are... Officially at a record of 16 and 30. But I think that means that they've won five games, I think, since we recorded last. Mm -hmm. So, um, shout out to them playing very well, good baseball right now, I guess. <laughs> uh, they currently trail Peoria 2 to 1 as we record bottom six in Appleton. They are home through the weekend. I believe they hit the road after the weekend is over again. So if you have a chance, get out to Fox City Stadium if that's your route to go. And then we get to the Northwoods League. Uh, we look around, just again, keeping with the baseball theme here. Uh, Green Bay Rockers and among numerous Wisconsin teams. But they are the closest to us, so that's the one we're going to talk about right now. Uh, the Green Bay Rockers currently, I believe they're in action tonight. I'm trying to find my Northwoods League sports information they have an app as well Ooh. so so you got the app downloaded i do i'm just trying to find i'm trying to navigate the app now that's the fun uh, part. yeah uh so games going on tonight the rockers did win today or, or are winning as we speak over the wisconsin rapids rafters seven to two already final in within the wisconsin scoreboard uh, the Madison Mallards eke out a close one over the Fond du Lac Dock Spiders, 6-5. The, the Lacrosse Loggers currently trail the Waterloo Bucks, 3-2. The Kenosha Kingfish and Rockford Rivets do not have a score update, although they should be underway as well. The Wausau Woodchucks are beating the crop out of the Lakeshore Chinooks 15-7. The Eau Claire Express up 9-0 over the Wilmar Stingers. So that is your live look at the scoreboard through the Northwoods League here in the Great Lakes West Division. Green Bay is 3-0 on the year, leading that division. Madison Mallards at 3-1. The Wausau Woodchucks at 2-1, Lake Shore Chinooks 1-2, Wisconsin Rapids Rafters 1-2, Fun Lock Dock Spiders, a, I believe they're one of the defending champions, 0-4 on the young season. They just got underway earlier this week, past Memorial Day. Um, also Wisconsin interest, we've got Lacrosse Loggers, they're 3-0 on the season as well. The Rochester Honkers 2-1, Thunder Bay Border Cats 2-1. The Duluth Huskies 0-2, Eau Claire Express 0-3, Waterloo Bucks 0-3 as well. And I believe that's the extent of the Wisconsin teams in this. Oh, I take that back. Kalamazoo Grizz Growlers in the Great Lakes East Division 3-1. Kenosha Kingfish 2-1. The Kokomo Jackrabbits 2-1. Traverse City Pit Spitters 2-1. The Battle Creek Battle Jacks 1-3. And, and the Rockford Rivets are 0-3. Pit Spitters. Whew. That's a lot. That's a lot of. That's a lot. A lot of teams. I might as well just go over the Great Plains West. No. Okay, we'll skip that. <laughs> no Wisconsin teams. We do not need to talk about them. Um, back to Milwaukee, just real quick here, Sean. Really, the only story 
that really kind of keeps the eye attention there. Milwaukee Bucks did hire a head coach over the weekend. A little bit of a surprise considering they were the first domino to fall for the coaching search, but they go with Adrian Griffin, the Raptors assistant, instead of former Raptors head coach Nick Nurse. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they go Adrian Griffin as their new head coach. Speaking of Nick Nurse, I believe he is taking the Philadelphia job. Mm -hmm. So that domino has fallen. Also, Monty Williams getting a huge contract, resetting the coaching market uh, from the Detroit Pistons, getting a new new head coach as well. Um, so some of those dominoes starting to fall here with the contending teams. I don't believe Phoenix has made a head coaching move yet. Uh, but Adrian Griffin, the head coach of the Bucks, as mentioned, he was kind of thought to be Giannis's choice. Mm-hmm. So if that report is true... Uh, the Bucks did kind of go with their head man as for who they wanted to get. Um, really kind of trying to figure out who Adrian Griffin is. He had actually played with the Bucks mm-hmm. at one point, I believe in the 20, 2008 season, I think, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, 06, 08, something like that. Um, trying to figure out... I'm trying to just kind of quickly go through here. Yes, he was a player in 2008 as part of an, a three-team trade uh, that also brought Luke Ridnour and Damon Jones to Milwaukee. F- found his way onto the Bucks' preseason roster, but was waived after the Bucks acquired Austin Crozier, who I've never heard of. Um, so not a long stay in Milwaukee, but a stay nevertheless. So familiar with the city, um, he did. He was an assistant coach with the Bucks as well for a while, um, and had been with them. Yeah, when they drafted Giannis, right? That is, I believe that is correct. Um, he was an assistant a couple different places. He did win a ring with the Raptors as well as an assistant coach. So. That's kind of the the long and short with him. Um, but again, they do take the guy that the Bucks that Giannis wanted, apparently. Um, so the agreed upon head coach. Uh, I believe the deal has not officially been signed as of today, uh, but still kind of in the works on that. But he was an assistant with the Bucks from 2008 to 2010, so he was not here when Giannis was mm. drafted. Thought it was longer than that. Um, then he went on to coach in Chicago from 2010 to 2015, so worked in those prime Derrick Rose years. Then with the Magic from 15 to 16, the Thunder from 16 to 18, and then since 2018 has been with the Raptors. As a player, he is a CBA champion, CBA finals MVP, uh, CBA most valuable player, two-time all-CBA first team, two-time CBA all-defensive team, was on their all-rookie team as well. Um, player of the year in the USBL, which I don't really know what that is, but we're going to kind of skip over that. <laughs> Going back to college, second team all Big East, third team all Big East as well, and then an NBA champion as an assistant coach. Um, did win a gold medal with the 1997 FIBA US basketball team. Sure. So pretty long stint there. Um, he comes from the Tom Thibodeau coaching tree. He was an assistant with Tibbs in Chicago for those five years. 
Um, did also help assist in the 2014 FIBA World Cup. That team featuring Steph Curry, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Uh, 2015, he was hired by the Magic to be their top assistant coach. Um, 2016, he was hired by Billy Donovan to be the top assistant coach in Oklahoma City. And then also was the lead assistant coach under Nick Nurse. Griffin was an instrumental piece of the Raptors' 2019 championship. Um per the Wikipedia article about him. Um, and then he was an acting head coach for the final game of the 2021-2022 regular season game to let Nick Nurse, I believe it was just kind of a let him coach a game. And mm-hmm. uh, does not say what the record of that was, but he was the acting bench head coach for that game. Um, comes in, very smart guy, has his master's from Seton Hall, working on his doctorate for in leadership studies. Uh, his son, Adrian Jr., is a five-star recruit from the class of 2021, was drafted 16th overall by the Atlanta Hawks. And then his second son, um, Allen, played his first two years of college in Illinois and is currently continuing to play for Syracuse. And his daughter, Aubrey, plays for UConn. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty, pretty respected guy across all fronts. Um, very successful assistant coach and gotta believe he's gonna kind of have that Tom Thibodeau energy yep. defensively kind of going there. Um, played as a small forward and shooting guard, so that should play in very well. Kind of, you know, you kind of look at some of the stats here and what he had all accomplished as a player. Multiple time MVP in different leagues. Um, got to the basket. I mean, that's the long and short of it. So, all in all, I, I think it's a solid choice. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily the splash pick that I'm sure some people would have wanted, but nevertheless, I think very impressive. Right. Um, and again, if that's the guy that Giannis and the players kind of wanted, I think that's the guy you kind of go with. Right. Um, credit to the Bucks for, if that's the case, listening to their players and and kind of going that route as opposed to some other teams that would choose not to. Right. Um, not mentioning any teams? No, not yet. <laughs> that, that was your segue. No, no, I'll take the high road for now. Uh, you know what? Screw it. Let's make that the segue. <laughs> um, because we already did the wraparound baseball. Um, nothing really going on in the Badger world. Just kind of yeah. waiting for the season to start. Some of the game schedule uh, was released. The season schedule for the month of September. Uh, notably, a week two primetime matchup in Pullman, Washington against Washington State looking to avenge that loss from last year, kind of the upset that really sparked the Badgers' fall last year. Um, so that game taking place primetime. Uh, the Badgers will kick off on a 2.30 start time on their first game of the season. I have to look up the opponent on that one because I do not recall who it was. So my bad. One um, job. One job. Also, just while we're talking about it in Big Ten news for the basketball team, uh, Purdue superstar projected kind of top lottery pick Zach Eady is returning to Purdue, um, as is another player from Tennessee basketball who is also expected to be a national title contender, um, decided to withdraw from the draft yesterday. So uh, the Badgers have them in the non-conference schedule as well next season. So very tough schedule coming up for the Badger basketball team. Um, looking back at the football team, 
We have the first game of the season Saturday, September 2nd. Uh, kickoff versus the Buffalo Bulls. Former uh, UW-Whitewater head coach and current Kansas Jayhawks coach Lance Leopold's stomping grounds in that in-between stop. Uh, so Buffalo Bulls week one. September 9th, taking on Washington State, as I mentioned, uh, 6.30 kickoff. I believe that's going to be on ABC, so prime time uh, for Washington State and Wisconsin. September 16th, Badgers turn to Camp Randall for a matchup against George, Georgia Southern. September 22nd, uh, first game of the Big Ten season, taking on Purdue in West Lafayette. That is 6 o'clock kick on Friday night, the 22nd, on hmm. uh, FS1. And then the... Schedule kind of gets into that TBD range. So um, the homecoming game this year will be against Rutgers on October 7th. So by week to end the month of September. Um, and then, as mentioned, homecoming the 7th. Kickoff not announced for that one. Nor for the 14th against Iowa. The 21st against Illinois. Um, no kickoff time here for the October 28th game. I gotta imagine that's gonna be prime time. That's Ohio State coming to town. Yeah, more than, um, more than likely. November 4th against Indiana. That one in Indiana. Northwestern comes to town on the 11th. The 18th will be Nebraska. And the 25th, Wisconsin wraps up their regular season against Minnesota. And then hopefully, December 2nd could be the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, doubtful. Um, the Badgers, I believe, they had the Big Ten had their odds come out for the preseason uh, as to championship or Big Ten champion odds. Uh, I believe the Badgers are the fourth best odds to win uh, the Big Ten this year. Michigan was the odds-on favorite, I think, at plus. I want to say plus one twenty-five, but I'd have to double check on that one. Um, you just let me look. Oh yeah, so here we go. Badgers, Big Ten, regular season, or I guess overall championship because of how they they uh, do with the championship game. So Michigan is the plus 175, odds on favorite. Ohio State plus 200. Penn State plus 650. Wisconsin plus 700. Iowa plus 800. Minnesota plus 1500. Illinois and Nebraska plus 2000. Then a monster gap uh, for Maryland and Michigan State at plus 10,000. Purdue plus 12,500. Indiana's plus 20,000, Northwestern's plus 20,000, and Rutgers also plus 20,000. So we'll see as to what the Badgers bring to the table. Um, spring practice obviously underway, well underway, kind of in that in-between phase here of what the Badgers are going to look like. Um, has been The Badgers have been kind of struggling at the quarterback position, trying to figure out who the guy is going to be. It's still Tanner Mordecai as of right now. Uh, the transfer from SMU, it's kind of his job to lose. But I think that also very well just could be getting used to the new system. And then again, Wisconsin's defense has generally been pretty good. So Yeah, but they did lose a, they did lose a lot of talent. So They did. Um, they have been just incredible at replacing talent, mm-hmm. too. So I don't read too much into that. Um, you know, if they are struggling offensively because the defense is generally going to be ahead, especially considering it's a very similar system mm-hmm. with Luke Fickle versus what Jim Leonard had them running last year, whereas the offense is night and day different. So um, some ex- I'm, I'm expecting some struggles to be had early on, but that's kind of the hope is that you get those out of your system now. Right. Um, what Sean brings us to our 
favorite team here in Green Bay, Wisconsin, the Green Bay Blizzard. <laughs> uh, so some Green Bay football. Um, Green Bay Blizzard, I believe, I believe they lost last week, but I want to double check on that as we kind of go along here. I probably should have had that ready, but I don't because what's the fun in that? Right. The fun is searching. That is the fun. Uh, the Green Bay Blizzard, four and five on the season. Uh, they did take a tough loss against Quad City on the 26th, which would have been Friday. 56-63, another high-scoring game. Um, final game at the Rush Center coming up on June 9th. So they are in action Saturday night in Iowa. Wisconsin or Green Bay has beaten Iowa both times they've played this season. Uh, 44-25 in March. And also a 57-41 win on May 20th. So uh, the third matchup against the Barnstormers coming up this Saturday as they fight to get back to 500. And then Quad City Steamwheelers on June 9th for the regular season finale at the Rush Center. Um, I'm going to say tickets are still available. I'm assuming that being the case. I know that the Rush has been packed for these games this year. Um, which is awesome to see. Uh, some of these sections are sold out already. Just kind of taking a look at the Rush Center website. Other tickets are still available, though, as well. So be sure to act quick because they'll be gone before you know it. And that's mm-hmm. one week away. Um, also, kind of that night is a Budweiser Bud Night. So $2 beers and a block party before the game. Uh, kind of with the joint Rush Center D2 area. So be sure to check that out as well if you are a Green Bay Blizzard fan. And I guess, Sean, as we were kind of hinting at with our Bucks talk, um, really not a whole lot of Packer news. OTAs going on are underway. Um, boys were in town over the weekend and actually made some headlines where there was some shenanigans taking place nothing illegal mm-hmm. but shenanigans taking place over labor day weekend or memorial day weekend excuse me um where the boys were buzzing and team was all together it was really kind of a cool scene to see because you don't you haven't really seen that in the last few years mm-hmm. um so we'll talk about some of these things going on um also kind of a tell-all interview from aaron Rodgers talking about his departure from green bay um, some of the things that have come out since he left, there is a report that he had his agent ask or demand the Packers to either trade him or to fire Gutekunst in the 2021 prior to the 2021 season, which obviously, as we know, neither happened. Mm-hmm. Um, very, still very upset about the communication where some guys weren't communicating, notably apparently Brian Gutekunst. Uh, Russ Ball was apparently very much very communicative. Um, from Aaron Rodgers' interview with The Athletic. It was a lot of um, kind of being seen but not really making the impact, apparently, I guess, was the kind of takeaway that he had from it. I'm not going to take a side one way or the other. Um, I know a lot of people taking the opportunity to either very much bash Rodgers or very much bash the Packers organization. At this point, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter anymore. So, um, I think throughout this whole thing, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think the Packers have been kind of exposed, but they're, that's, it's a business. Right. And they're not doing anything different than any other NFL team is um, in most regards. I will say the whole not communicating with their quarterback, 
where I guess Aaron Rodgers found out about the Jordan Love pick by a text message from his agent that simply just said QB. Again, doesn't matter right. now. It doesn't matter anymore. Um, so. But Green Bay very much made their de- decision um, after three years of kind of going back and forth and not really having a strong feeling one way or the other. And then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt their first first week of Jets OTAs, too. Tweaks the hamstring or the calf, one of the two. Um, I guess not really an active concern, but at the same time. It concerns us because that's our first-round pick. Right, right. I'm not too worried about it personally, but if it he's comes... A, he's 40. If we get to September and he's still messing around with that calf, then I'll start worrying, but... Well, he said hasn't he had calf issues before? Um, wasn't that two years ago, three years ago? Th- f- uh, four years ago, I think, was the year where he had the leg injury, the tissue injury, the first year of the floor, um, was kind of that issue. So, mm-hmm. if that, if like I said, if that's still going on in September or even August with training camp, we'll start to talk about it a little bit more. I'm not too worried about it in, in early season OTAs. Wait. In May, so uh, with that, the other as mentioned, the Packers were in town. Um, AJ Dillon had a huge Memorial Day weekend party. Um, looked like a lot of fun out on the boat. I'm assuming they were up in Dark County. Didn't really say where they were, but um, looked like Christian Watson, AJ Dillon, Jordan Love. I believe Aaron Jones was there as well. Um, I'm assuming more players than just those guys, but those were kind of the the social media stars of the weekend. It's kind of cool. You didn't. You, we haven't got to see this for how many years now? Well, I'm, I'm going to go on record. I don't really think we've ever really seen this in the Packers' um, time, really, with social media. But because but, you've had so many older guys, yes, they. And I I can tell you that I know they do a lot of these type of team functions. Right, but you never see it. Right. Um. And pretty much the only thing you really see is the charity softball game. You see the charity softball game, and then you usually see Halloween. Halloween's always kind of been a big one mm-hmm. uh, with the Green Bay Packers, and I, I, there's a number of reasons with that. But um, in the rural, you know, just kind of hearing about the, the Halloween parties that they've had, I know that's always been a big one mm-hmm. for th- this group of guys. But again, very, very, you know, veteran team. Didn't have a lot of guys actively posting on social media, which has its pros and cons. I right. think um, it's very nice to see it as a fan, especially kind of not really knowing the direction the team's going to be in. You see how close everybody is and how much fun they're having. Um, but I also think, you know, I do think there is something to, to say about guys not having the phones out and people not having the phones out while the fun's being had and all that too. So I, I, I can see both sides of that coin. But again, it given where the team is right now, uh, very nice to see. Um, former teammate Aaron Rodgers and David Bakhtiari were in New York over the weekend for the Taylor Swift concert. Uh, and also had backstage passes to meet Taylor, uh, along with Miles Teller and his wife. So just an odd combination there, if you <laughs> ask me. But I, I love the fact that they're all friends. Um, so David Bakhtiari not in town for the weekend antics. He's going to be a jet. I don't think it'll happen this year. Next year. It very well could happen. Um, I 
did also just real quick while we're talking kind of like the the negative thing and i do have one other thing to kind of go positive so i'm going to even this out um randall cobb also had an interview as to kind of that last moment walking off lambo in december in january um and the belief you know he was kind of just mentioning that in that moment they both knew they weren't coming back at the time so nothing really as hard-hitting as the um the Aaron Rodgers interview with The Athletic, but just something kind of worth mentioning. But I did want to talk about something that John Kuhn had tweeted. So John Kuhn uh, does work with the Packers media team, was at OTAs yesterday. Well, he's at OTAs most days. But uh, one thing he said, very positive, and I kind of wanted to talk to you about this, Sean, as to your thoughts on this. So I'm going to read the tweet that he had and just kind of go through some of the different things that we've seen in this first week of OTAs, it's been a very structured uh, week, apparently, from all reports of guys who have been there. But yesterday, John Kuhn tweeting out, uh, number one observation from Packer OTA today, this team is bigger, faster, and younger than I have ever seen it. Um, which I think bodes very well for this team. I know that yes, or even earlier in the week, last week, Sean, we were talking about uh, with DeAndre Hopkins being a free agent. And mm-hmm. I know in the last episode we talked about possibility of Devontae Adams coming back if he's not happy. So a couple of just kind of things I want to touch on with this team being young, with this team being fast, with this team being just where it is and still having some unknowns with it. But I kind of wanted to ask you, uh, I know that we would kind of gotten a consensus of not even messing with D-Hop. Right. Um, first of all, you don't think you're probably going to get him financially, but also I don't, I, I really, I'm going to go on record saying, I don't think you need him right now. No, I don't. I, I think you need, I would say you need more of that smaller guy, that Randall, like that Randall Cobb guy, I think more than anything, because you figure you got two good tight ends right now. You get two, your number one and number two receiver. I think you just need that little slot guy, a Wes Welker type guy. That's just going to be your security blanket. Sure. So, uh, did want to talk about a couple of takeaways from practice over the last couple of days. Uh, first of all, the Jordan Love to Romeo Dobbs connection has been very much talked about. Um, yesterday during OTAs, from the 26-yard line going across the field with a minute 45 on the clock, and down by, looks like down by, or tie game, down by, or sorry, yeah, tie game, um, minute 45, one timeout. Uh, Jordan Love and offense did get downfield to the eight-yard line to kick the game-winning field goal. Uh, Packers did opt to end practice with eight seconds left on the clock instead of going for another touchdown play um, on second down because of the spike. Uh, in that drive, I kind of wanted to go through this. Uh, first three passes thrown to Dobbs. Against a 12, 6, and 12. A 13-yard completion to Dobbs again with a couple short completions, uh, or as a sandwich between a couple short completions to Luke Musgrave. And then on third and five, Dobbs connected, or Love connected with Dobbs again to connect on third and five down to the 16. Time taking away, Love rushed the offense to the line, spiked the ball, stopped the clock at eight seconds to go. Because of the storms that came through Green Bay yesterday, they decided to op- end up practice early. Um, instead of going through with that final eight seconds for a potential touchdown and then mm-hmm. kind of take the field goal, if you will. 
So, all in all, um, some very positive things coming out of camp here. That connection with the tight ends and Dobbs has been very well on Jordan Love on the day yesterday was 15 to 21, 7 of 10 in the two minute drill. Um, did have a couple bad interceptions um, throughout the day of practice, one of them being by Darnell Savage, another being a dropped pick six by Corey Ballantyne, the cornerback. Um, did also miss Jaden Reed, who was wide open on the sideline, would have been a touchdown. Uh, did have a couple wounded ducks, including one that was caught by Luke Musgrave for a big gain. Um, play of the day yesterday was Romeo Dobbs. This is all coming from Bill Huber of Sports Illustrated, Packers beat writer for Sports Illustrated. Um, so some very big takeaways from that uh, practice. of Jordan Love apparently making a lot of growth in the last couple of days. Um, have seen some of the videos coming out from connections with the Aaron Jones connection. And all eyes kind of on that Christian Watson connection, I think. Uh, very safe to say, although it's not officially on the depth chart. All intents and purposes, I think Christian Watson is your receiver one right now. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Uh, I think he's earned that in the year and change that he's been here. Well, really the year that he's been here. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the takeaways, so I, I listened to the Locked On Packers podcast uh, yesterday. And talking with uh, host Peter Bukowski, uh, did have somebody from Pro Football focus on the name escapes me, so I do apologize if he's listening. I doubt it, but if he is, I do apologize. Um, not having your name right now, but kind of talking about Christian Watson has that look, a legitimate six-five, legitimate speedster. Did have a race against Simone Biles this weekend as well, um, among the other antics of the Memorial Day weekend get together. But just kind of talking about the whole situation. Um, where he's kind of just got that look. He's got that feel, that receiver one. Um, and really, you know, kind of looking back at the year that was his rookie year, I mean, you look at the highs and the lows, starting off the very big low, missed all of the preseason with the kind of the nagging knee injury. Um, obviously, the drop week one on the first play of the game, which would have been a touchdown. Uh, would have been very easy for him to get down on himself mentally and just kind of call it a year. And, you know, we really, Amari Rogers kind of had that situation where he just right. kind of, never, you know, he fumbled one punt return and it just kind of really always seemed to eat at him and never really, quote unquote, got right. Yep. So, you know, you, you see it in a lot of guys and um, they were talking through the interview that I was listening to yesterday about how, even kind of his mom noticing <laughs> that uh, until he kind of got that get right game against what was against Dallas, mm-hmm. that he wasn't himself and he was kind of way too stressed out. But when he just started playing the game, he was everything that you would ask for. And he, you're, you know, basically a first round draft pick. Yep. Uh, receiver. So by all means, it, it was, it's been really exciting to see his growth and, um, you know, for his sake, too, I mean, it's a very young team. I believe the Packers are going to be one of the youngest teams in the NFL this year based on average age. From from one of the oldest to one of the youngest? Correct. Um, I, th- I think just outright they're either the youngest or, like, you know, kind of one and two or something to that effect. They're kind of in that bottom range. But talking about, you know, that kind of situation and, and taking over that role of, 
of going from a f- all-time player in Devonte Adams and and even Al Lazard for the leadership that he brought and Randall Cobb from that leadership where you you don't have that right now. Right. This year, I mean, right now the receiver roster, him and Dobbs and Torrey, I think, are the most experienced receivers on the roster. This is their second year. Um, but you kind of you talk, you know, you listen to guys who who interview players, and he's kind of even got that side of things down, the mental aspect of, you know, not bug-eyeing on a question, not just saying the cliches. He's very open and honest about things, but also, you know, very positive spin on things too. So it's not just the canned, you know, the stereotypical um, locker room answer that so many sports figures, yep, you know, the old Bel- the old Belichick way. We're on Cincinnati. Right. You play to win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gave it our all, blah, blah, blah. So I think that's great to see. Um, Aaron Jones, I think, is going to be the leader of the offense this year, as he should be. Right, as he should be. Uh, him and Bakhtiari, I think, have a lot more weight on their shoulders. But just kind of going back to, I wanted to. I'm going to bring Ramsey to this. So him and I having conversation about the D Hop thing as well. I wanted. I brought this up with him as well, just to kind of incorporate him in the episode without him being here. Uh, hardworking guy, busy guy. Um, him talking about, you know, I asked him the same question I asked you. I said, "Do you even give it a, a look? Do you not?" And in typical Ramsey fashion, he had mentioned that uh, they're not a Super Bowl team. Why spend the money? And I think my response was, they may not be a Super Bowl team, but they're they could be a playoff team. And I don't think that's a stretch. No, I don't think. so I mean, it, you know, if I had to bet my life on it right now, do I think they make the playoffs? We'll see. I mean, they're an over under seven and a half wins on the year, um, which is right about where they were last year. That's an eight and nine if you hit the over, nine and eight if you you know, but. Eight and nine, nine and eight. You're someone getting injured away from being ten and seven, eleven and twelve, or eleven and six. That's definitely a playoff team. I mean, that's not. You're not. It's not too inconceivable, Mm-mm. especially when you look at the schedule, the games that they're favored in, the games that they're they're not. There's one surprise me that they're not favored in right now, and maybe that's just kind of having that hometown bias and the expectation of what they should have been last year. Versus what they actually were, you know. I don't know what you know what that actually comes down to, but I, I don't think it's as far away as some of the naysayers are saying right now. I think really the division is kind of wide open. Well, I'll I'll take you one step further. I think the NFC is a, more open. I mean, really, you kind of look at your quote unquote locks. Philadelphia probably runs it back in the NFC. Yeah, un- unless Jalen Hurts gets injured. Um. Uh, and San Francisco, I mean, for all intents and purposes, is probably the strongest team in the West. I mean, mm-hmm. besides that, you've got the Rams, who have gotten rid of everybody except Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, but they got their Super Bowl, so I guess it paid off. Um, the Ford, or the Cardinals don't have a quarterback, and I'm not sold on Geno Smith having another great year again. I mean, credit to him for having a Pro Bowl season in 2022-2023, but... I'm not betting my life on that happening again. Right. So if that's your, you know, your, your wide open, that's your two division winners that you can kind of say are a lock. 
the NFC North is by no means a, a lock with either the Lions or the Vikings or the Packers or I'm not ready to put the Bears in there yet. But yeah, but I I could still see them beating some teams this year. They're going to be better than they were last year. Right. I don't think they're going to be drastically better, but they will be better. Um, and then as for what's that put us the NFC South? Yeah. Somebody's got to win that division. Just you look right. at the Falcons, the Panthers. Saints. The Bucks and the Saints. I mean, I'm probably saying the Saints right now, but I'm not entirely sold on anybody there. No. I mean, the Bucks. I don't think are going to be awful. I mean, yes, you lose Tom Brady, but um, you know we saw with the competent organization what Baker Mayfield can do. Again, um, I mean, he's only a year removed from being a playoff quarterback. Right. You look at. I mean, they still have Chris Godwin. They still have Wake Mike Evans. Evans. They still, still have, have Leonard Fournette, just plus car. plus a defense. Right. So I mean, I don't think they're just dropping off the face of the earth in that division. No. But the Panthers are young. I don't think they're going to be superstars this year. But they're going to play in an op- a relatively open division. Um, I have no idea what Atlanta is going to be. I really don't. Nope. But you know, regardless, I mean. I don't see a whole lot of wild card teams in there either. You know, even if even if the Lions, who are the odds-on favorite, do have the season that people are expecting, there's still three wild card teams. And can you're not going to necessarily convince me the Packers are going to be one of the. I think they're going to be probably closer between, you know, ten and the ten to six seed range than they would be to, uh, ten to six or eleven to sixteen. Yeah. You know. Or even for that matter, because it goes seven seeds, so I think they're probably closer to seven than they are to sixteen. I don't think that's a stretch. No, and not just being a home home bias either. Right. I mean, when your over under is seven and a half, again, like I said, that's eight and nine, seven and ten, which is kind of the expectation. But again, that's that's there's still more suspensions coming from that betting ring that the Lions were running. Mm-hmm. So that could very drastically impact that. I don't think it's going to impact anybody that matters. Because um, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't picture Amon Saint, Amon Ross St. Brown running a gambling ring. Um, nor do I see Jared Goff doing so either. But I could be wrong on that. I would love, I would love to see Jared Goff getting a gambling suspension. Just, just because I can't picture it. No, nope, no way. Anyway, any other Packer notes that you want to talk about, Sean? No, I don't think I have anything. All right. Well, let's put a finishing touches on this episode. Um, do you got a bar of the week for us? Or am I going to have to kind of pick one out of my way? At random here. Have we done an SNS yet in the falls? <sighs> I feel like we have, but we'll do them again just because we don't, don't keep think, track of this very well. I don't think well. we have be completely honest with you well we'll we'll give them the shadow here so sns hometown bar o'connell falls 4.4 stars on google i can say it is a five star establishment Mm -hmm. if you ask me um so a couple of those different reviews kind of going through here so this coming from sandy b gave it five stars a month ago pizza reminds me of the old frank and pat's pizza in green bay Yum, in all caps, and like three exclamations. Good people, clean, community-oriented, excellent fish menu on Friday. The hand-breaded fish, baked cuts are tasty. Um, Brooke Alna, or I don't 
Yulina. Six months ago, I gave it five stars. Wonderful food, great atmosphere. Kathy is one of the best bar owners you'll ever know. She puts so much care into SNS, and it really shows the quality of service with the food and drinks. I drive 45 minutes just to come here. I would recommend SNS to anybody. A couple other five star reviews. I, I wholeheartedly agree with these. Mm-hmm. I genuinely, the food is great. Just, just the the bartenders they have, or and Kath, Kathy herself is one of the nicest people, and she's just fun when she's behind the bar. Oh, absolutely! It it just because we stopped there after the uh, parade on Monday, and it, a... it was packed right tight, and they're still running food out and had wings. Wings were good. The pizza is good too. The pizza is very good there. I don't think there's bad and a bad item on the menu. No. Um, I am a very particular to their their appetizer basket. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yep, the combo sandwiches are incredible. So, all in all, highly recommend. Yep. Um, which just leads us to what we're rooting for this upcoming week, Sean. What do you got for us? Uh, I'm going George Strait. I hate you so much. We're going. We're going to George Strait <laughs> on Saturday night. George Strait, Chris Stapleton, Little Big Town. I could take or leave them, but. The rest of it sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, very jealous. Very much wishing I was going. Uh, We're good. We got nosebleed seats, but doesn't it's matter. Still, it's not going to matter. So, um, I'm from some of the different people on this tour. I guess he's played. I mean, George alone apparently plays like thirty some odd songs. Right. Um, three duets with Stapleton or something to that effect. So, I hope you guys have a lot of fun. I hope so too. Um, I hope it's everything I want and more. <laughs> definitely, definitely wish we were going. Uh, Shauna and I will be attending a family wedding for her side, but it's also her birthday weekend. So happy ooh. birthday, Secretary Shauna! Ooh, ooh. I don't know if she can hear me. She's in the other room, but I don't. She's probably watching what The Bachelor. No, nah, probably Housewives. Oh, Housewives of New Jersey. I'm thinking is what she's currently on. But either way. Happy birthday, Secretary Shauna. So if you see her, which I doubt you will, but if you're in Wisconsin Dells on Saturday or Friday or Sunday, be sure to say hi. Drop a message on the Facebook page. Happy birthday, Secretary Shauna. That's my root for. Did, did she open her present that I gave her? I didn't know you. Yeah, she did not open it. No. Oh, she didn't open it yet? It's, it's in box. Her, her lifelike figure of Roman Reigns. Yeah. <laughs> So she does. She has not opened the box. Why? Well, it's be- disappointing. I believe it is still in my vehicle yet. Oh, jeez, she forgot about it. No, we we talked about it tonight. We just we had other. <laughs> we grabbed our our chairs to wait for you to drop stuff off tonight. Yeah, running, um, running late today. So, yeah, that is our episode here. Uh, nothing else I can really think to touch on. So happy birthday, Secretary Shauna. Check out some live sports this weekend, whether it be Green Bay Rockers or any of the other teams in Wisconsin. Uh, the Green Bay, the Wisconsin Timberlers are at home as well, so be sh- you know p- check that out if you're out in the Appleton area. If you're in the Milwaukee area, be sh- careful with all the concert traffic. Um, or if you're in Wisconsin Dells, say hi to Rick and Sharn, as we will be down in Wisconsin Dells for a family wedding. Uh, besides that, enjoy the weather. Hopefully, it's not too hot for you. I'm Eric. That's Sean. Episode 116 is in the books. We're out. See ya. See ya.